on to controversial topics with me and the Rav Jor. Forgive my darkness tonight. Um, just uh, I have a new studio set up and we're, uh, we're working on the lighting. Of course, um, as Rav Jor and I have done these things for so many years, uh, we are very used to technical problems coming up exactly when we decide we're going to go live or do if, the, if the devil wants to prevent something what will he jump on if not on torah true classes and and good people trying to to open the, the gates of other people's hearts uh, that's the truth so so you'll have to forgive us you hopefully you'll be able to hear my voice well and um and hopefully this is the only darkness that you get to see for me you know, it's interesting, you know, I always used to, I always used to say to people, um, you know, when we were talking off uh, camera before about Shuva, I'd ask people, would you allow me to put 30 seconds of your life up on a screen if I get to choose the 30 seconds? And I don't think anybody wants others to be able to see the inner darkness. The outer darkness is okay, but uh, the inner darkness we're not so uh, willing to, to, to show. Anyway, it, uh, the, the most amazing thing I think is that people really more afraid to succeed than they are to like to fail. That for sure, a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent. I agree with you. And I often would tell people that as we're taught, as I'm talking to them, I say, your problem is not succeeding. I mean, your problem is not failing. You're afraid to succeed. That's your real problem, not failing. Failing you have, you're an expert at failing. <laughs> once the, <laughs> once a student came to me and asked me, he wanted to do tshuva so badly. He really wanted to do tshuva, to come close to Hashem. And he told me, Rav, I, I sinned in so many ways and I'm, I'm looking for, what is the main um, topic I need to do tshuva? Is it on women, on Shabbat, on Kashrut, on, on like what are the things that are really most important things to start doing tshuva for? So I told him, you begin doing tshuva on your mitzvot and not on your averot. On the good things that you did, do tshuva how you did them. Maybe you can improve. And then you're going to go, like if a person is sending himself into his own self-darkness, confronting all his fears, he can be overpowered, knocked down, knocked out in a second, like in the first round. One punch and you're out. It's like, you know, the, the angel of death, the Yetzirah, the evil inclination, is the largest angel of all angels in the sky. It's not a joke to fight him, to confront him. Yeah. You need to have tools, you need to have weapons, you need to have wisdom. This is something you develop with time. And then, so Rabbeinu, and Rabbeinu talks about that, about that kind of tshuva. And then he talks about tshuva on your tshuva. So you need to repent on your repentance. You know, you do tshuva exactly. and tshuva on your tshuva. That I just want to say this before we start on the topic on the Yetzirah. So one of my favorite stories about that is the is that the uh, the Chafetz Chaim, the holy, you know, uh, Yisrael Mary Kagan, the Chafetz Chaim, gave us the mission of and, and so many amazing things and uh, you know in Lashon Hara there's a story where the he was already you know um, the Chafetz Chaim was quite old he was already in his 80s 
And he lived in Radin in Poland, and it was during the winter, the middle of the winter, very, very cold, and he's laying in bed, and he wakes up in the morning, and the Yetzirah says to him, come on, Rabbi, you're cold, you're old, you want to stay under the covers and be warm, what are you doing getting up? And, uh, and the Chafetz Chaim says to the Yetzirah, you're older than me, and you still get up every morning and get out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> I think that there is the most amazing thing in uh, like all the groups and all the different um, um, parties in, in Judaism, like the, the Chafetz Chaim and Breslev and Chabad and like uh, the Sfaradi Mekubalim. If you listen to the inner voice, to the deeper message, not like the topics or the issues or the way of learning, you listen to the soul, you listen to the intention, you see that everyone are touching the same main points. Like everyone are, are sending you to connect yourself, to be honest in your journey, to be truthful in your path. It's, it's so inspiring how you can suddenly learn from a variety of scholars and teachers and righteous people without being like their follower, their like, oh yeah, I'm. It's, uh, it's amazing. I I, I talk to people almost every day, and you know now I'm, I'm you know I, I run a gallery in Svat, so I see you know Tyreen tourists all the time. And I even said to a woman today, I say this often to to Jewish people that come in, I say, don't label yourself, don't say I'm this, I'm that, I'm this kind of Jew, I'm that kind of Jew. I'm by no means Chabad, but the Rebbe of uh, Chabad said a brilliant thing many many years ago. He said this, he said, you shouldn't call yourself reform or conservative or orthodox. He said, there are observant Jews and there are less observant Jews. He says, every Jew observes something. So, so just, you know, don't, don't put labels on yourself. And, and often people really connect with that. So, uh, so anyway, on that subject, because we did have a topic, so, so it's interesting, you, you, you asked me if I'd be interested in talking about this idea of the new world order conspiracy theory. And so I put it up as the title, new, new world order conspiracy theory. And then in the description, I said, is it really a conspiracy theory or is there some truth to it? Some truth to it. And then when you're talking about all these different rabbis, so there's a rabbi I used to listen to quite often years ago. Rabbi Amnon Yitzchak, I'm sure you know, Sephardi rabbi, you know, very big in the Kiruv movement, has brought so many Israelis to, you know, back to Hashem. You know, I used to listen to his talks and then you'd see all these guys run up and he'd give, give them tzitzit and, you know, put on tefillin on them for the first time, everything else. And on this subject, it, it, I guess last year, maybe two years ago, a video went viral of his like a four or five minute video where he talked about i have this document from the u.n i mean it's in hebrew but i have this document from the u.n and it's and he says you breathe don't despair but this is what's coming you know there's going to be a new world order and and you know you're not going to be able to raise your families and nobody's going to own property and and so i want to talk about that but so because we're always talking about truth and the truth of Torah. So for me, the, the Torah gives us a new world order. And what is it? It's in Breshit, in the book of Genesis chapter 9. 
when Hashem gives a new world order to Noah, when Noah comes out after the Mabul, after the flood, and comes out of the ark, and Hashem makes a covenant with him. And it's interesting because, in a way, there was like total lawlessness before. The reason Hashem destroyed um, what he had created was because there was lawlessness. And then the, the, one of the first things he does is he talks about how bad murder is. So I, I, I kind of like thought about that over the years, but it really hit home for me when I really looked at it again today that I, I didn't remember that, that, you know, there must have been a big problem with that, with murder that took place in that idea of lawlessness before the flood. And then Hashem in his new covenant in describing this made that important. So anyway, yeah. I, I just want to bring that up about the new world order, but I, we hear today on social media many, many opinions of many people that are talking and bringing that up. And you see that there are people who are presenting themselves as the new world orders um, mm -hmm. leaders. And they, with no shame, talking about um, ideas and so called dark and awful visions. About, uh, reducing the population of the world, like killing one third of, of human beings, and, and like weird stuff that you like wonder how can it be that it's like so um, the darkness took over so badly that it became um, okay, allowed to speak about the um, ideas of like massive killing of, of billions of people, poisoning people, like killing whole nations. And um, and when we see that um, kind of evil spreading in the world, I think that even if a person is not into like investigating the theories and on, you can easily realize that there is a stage for people to give speeches and to talk. Like they do have crowds, they do have followers, they do have listeners, they do have people that those evil speeches are making sense for them. So that becomes scary in a way. Right. So, so the reason why I said some truth to it is because many conspiracy theories do have a certain level of truth to them. They may, we may have what, what you're describing, especially with followers, extremists, you know, in every movement, we've talked about different movements, VHI, all these different things. There are always extremists. And then you have people that are sort of in the mid range and you have people that are on the fringe, people are at the beginning stages and so forth. But it's interesting, I had a, a doctor come in today um, from Chicago and somehow we got on the subject of the pandemic. And he said, uh, there's no question that it was real, the pandemic. But he said, from my perspective as a physician, it was horribly managed. And I said, and why do you think that is? And he said, because there are people that had an agenda um, in managing it horribly. So when you, when you look at something like that, and now we're finding out that this for sure 100% came from a lab in China. I mean, nobody wanted to, that would have, you would have been called a conspiracy theorist, you know, three, four years ago in the midst of the pandemic, if you said that, and people were saying that and calling people conspiracy theorists. And if you said anything about 
vaccines, you were a conspiracy theorist, and now we're finding little by little that there are truth to these things. Right. Then you look at people like George Soros. Now, there are people that bring up different things about him, about his background and what he was involved in. Let's take and throw that out the window. Let's say we don't care that he might ha have had some kind of affiliations, you know, that people attribute to him. There's no question that you're talking about a very wealthy man who's considered an elitist, which typically those are the people that that would be considered part of this new world order. And there's no question that he's doing things with the media, with politics and everything else to forward a particular agenda. So, so you have a pandemic that's, that you have a physician saying, you know, and this guy was not a conspiracy theorist, this physician that came in, uh, you know, this was a, a Yashar guy, a straight guy. And so look at those different things. So that's why I say we can, we can call something a conspiracy theory, but the, these stories of the New World Order are not something new. This goes back to the 1800s. There were, like, for instance, one of the words we hear all the time is Illuminati. Well, the Illuminati comes from a group that were called the Illuminists. Back in the 1800s, this was a legitimate group of people that were called the Illuminists. Now, there are people that have taken that to an extreme now. So that's why I say, at the end of the day, I don't think that it's necessarily a conspiracy theory if we want to talk about the fact that there are politicians and there are people in the media that are trying to forward a particular agenda. And as a result of that agenda, whether it's pandemic being used to depopulate, whether it's uh, vaccines that are being used and and. You know, I don't care what people's positions are on that because, look, I have friends that lost a child to a vaccination. My best friends in Sfat, uh, you know, their daughter, Leah Shalom, is, is buried here in Sfat. And they, they're one of the first people we met um, when, we, when we made Aliyah and came here. And they're not anti-vaxxers by any, and, and they have a right to be because they lost a child at 13 years old to a vaccine. Yeah. Um, so, so this is one topic out of many topics that mm -hmm. um, are being discussed today, as um, uh, uh, as um, as um, like topics that are by by those um, groups that are pushing towards a new world order. I think that we need to try to understand what does it mean, new world order. I guess from my um, small understanding about that topic is that they want to rearrange the system of how the world works today. Because today it's also, the world is also being run by people, by bankers, by uh, corporations, by very, very wealthy people who are setting um, the mindset of the world that are designing the world according to their will. I heard once a conversation that someone um, met one of the Rothschild um, 
family members and ask, uh, so the Rothschild per, like person, I don't remember the, the person's name, he asked him, do you know what is um, the movement for the like women rights? Do you know what it, what it is? So the guy answered to him, yes, it's that women will have an opinion and that women voice will be heard and that women will be allowed to, um, to vote and to work and to, and to be equal to men. So he said, no, 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 that's not it at all. So the guy became curious and asked him, is women's right? So he said, it was an idea that um, our family promoted because we wanted to be able to achieve two things. One, we wanted to charge taxes from 100% of the population and not only from 50% of the population. So we wanted women to go work as well. Mm -hmm. And second, that we wanted to develop the school system. So we wanted the kids to go in the morning to the school and then we will be able to train those children to become like, uh, you know, like uh, soldiers, that, like to create a system that those kids right. will go to school. And when the women are going to work, the kids must go to school. So the school systems will develop according to the fact that women are now able to work and on. So you see that there are ancient families, big families, very wealthy families that are running the world today, that they are manipulating the world to make certain changes. And for us, everything is in the news, everything is in TV, whatever we believe. Now there are rumors on a mother's spaceship in our sun system, there are aliens now coming, whatever, like, we're, like the, the population of the world is buying whatever the news is selling. When they're talking about pandemic, it's pandemic. When they're talking about UFOs, it's UFOs. When they're talking about the weather and, and the level of water that is rising, even that the ocean does not move an inch in the last 100 years, didn't move an inch in, in the last decades, we're still afraid that we're all going to drown. Why? Because they're talking about it in the news and they're talking about it as if it's real. So this is the world order of today. This is how they're manipulating and controlling the world today. But they're planning to create a new world order. And that's the scary part. Because if that was scary, so that is of today, somehow we're managing. But what they are planning in the future to come is much scarier. They're planning to create something that is way weirder to create dividings between states um, to make the, the like to 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 cut the connection between the nations between the populations between the people between the individuals to cancel the social media or to make it in closed circles and for each group and for each country and for each state to receive a different information according to the game of those unseen people that are planning to take over and to control behind the scene and never to be seen. 
and for us to receive information and to be manipulated to a new world order that one will have an imagination as if there was a World War III and other people will think that they are the only ones who left after whatever and they're trying to make that thing happen and it's weird and crazy. Now, we are believers and we know that Hashem is always there with us and we know that things that are happening today are no news those are ancient things also back then when the Nimrod and his friends and his followers they wanted to fight against Hashem it is the same war against Hashem those people are denying the existence of the maker of the universe today exactly as they were back then in the time of the Babylon Tower back then they also they saw the flood they were afraid of the weather they wanted to control the weather like that they are spraying with their jets and their airplanes the sky today because they're fighting the sun and they're fighting the 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 heat of the of the water of the the rain and the sun trying to block the sky exactly like that they are trying to fight the weather today they tried to fight the weather back then and they said let's build a building that his head will be in the sky and we will climb that and we're going to fight Hashem over there and they're trying to do the same thing that their ancestors the villains of ancient generations tried to do back then so we exactly like our ancestors needs to strengthen ourselves and to fight in the tools and the weapons that were given to us by our ancestors, by the Torah. And it's the power of Torah and it's the power of prayer, of tefillah. We must pray. We must pray because big villains, big horrible people are wanting to manipulate the world and to make horrible things happen and they want to control children and they want to control women and they want to control all population of the world to lead them to be under their control and to make them into their soldiers into their puppets and we need to resist that and we need to fight so of course that we practically need to express ourselves if a person does not want to take a vaccine to say no i don't want to take a vaccine if he doesn't want to send his school and his son to school and he wants to homeschool his children so yeah he needs to fight for his rights and to educate his children in the way that he believes that he should and on and on and on but as well and it's very important we should come back to our spiritual forces and to fight the wars of Hashem and to become masters of prayer. We need to learn how to do it bodedut and we need to learn how to talk to Hashem and to call Hashem and to scream to Hashem and to ask Hashem to save us from that darkness that is surrounding us in so many ways. So, um, of course, I agree with everything. I want to go back to the idea of where I talked about some truth, um, because I think it's important to to clarify some things. So, for instance, when we talk about these very wealthy people, like I brought up Soros, or we bring up the Rothschild family, the only thing that we have to be careful with that about is that, of course, those people have, we, we've talked about this, and I agree, 
that there are people that are trying to forward certain agendas and there are certain people that are trying to control things. At the same time, um, that uh, those stories, when taken to the extreme, then breed things like some of the anti-Semitism that we see that goes on in the world. Because suddenly what ends up happening is that we say, well, the Jewish people are very wealthy. All Jews have money. Um, I'm, I never had, I was one of those poor Jews, very small minority. Oh, there are poor Jews. I didn't know. I thought everyone are Rothschilds. <laughs> right. So, so what I'm saying is that of course, you know, at the end of the day, what ends up happening is people just assume that. And so the Rothschild story gets taken and then it becomes that, oh, the Jews, they control the media, they control Hollywood, they control you know, the banks, they control real estate, they control everything. Those Jews are evil. And so, again, we have the some truth that, that comes out. And you take that one step further. We talk about this idea that the agenda is being forwarded in order to control people. Well, how do you control people? You do what you said, which is you produce fear. So you start putting out in the media, there's a pandemic. You can't leave your, you can't go more than 500 meters from your house. And, and one person says, masks don't do anything. And a week later, oh, you have to wear a mask. And you have to take your temperature when you go into a store. And, you know, you, you know it's, it's, it's control based on fear. So then we put out there's UFOs in the sky or, or 5G towers are, you know, affecting your, your ability to think. And, and it's mind control. Again, you have the fear that starts to control people, but then you end up with the extremists that take it, you know, to that to that real conspiracy place. And then the last thing that you talked about was the weather. And I thought that was interesting because when I started looking at this, and I was thinking about Noah and this new world order concept of Hashem starting a new world order, then it, it reminded me that with the weather, you know, Hashem used to say to us very specifically, do this and I'll bring rain in your season. So a lot of what has to do with the weather can also be affected by our inability to do what's correct, to do what's right in the face of Hashem, in the face of the Torah, in keeping the mitzvot. Um, so again, there's that part of that truth um, that you're talking about, the idea that we need to we need to be better, we need to pray, we need to cry out to Hashem, but Hashem very clearly. So a, a lot of times we have to look at ourselves and say, is our lack of rain um, because of us? Is what's going on? Now, uh, I'm not saying that, that you're wrong when it comes to the, these jet streams and everything else that are going on and whatever's being put into the sky. But we have to take into consideration there are things that we do or don't do that also affects the way we live and how we're affected by that. And then, of course, at the end of the day, we're talking about this world order. We have a problem that if we don't wake up to the idea that there are people that, that if we just sort of line up like sheep, oh, you want to give us a vaccine because we're sick. Now, I can tell you, I have an autoimmune disease, which means that I'm, from a doctor's perspective, when I told that doctor today, 
what disease I have. He says, oh, 100%, you're in that category of people that really would have needed to be watched and taken care of because you have that situation. He goes, everybody else that's healthy, that's not true of as it relates to the pandemic. So, so, but I didn't like run and get online and say, oh yeah, you know, give me whatever you got. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, I, I was getting calls every other week with, you know, the past couple of months from, you know, from our health fund, oh, come in and get the, the you know, the, the flu shot. And every time I go into the, you know, to the nurses to get my, you know, my medication, they're like, oh, you need to get this shot. I'm like, <laughs> I don't need, it's okay. You know, I have enough. I'm taking enough things that you're trying to, you're trying to stick me with or give me. I don't, I don't need any more of it, you know? So what I'm saying is at the end of the day, we have to be careful. We have to have our eyes open. We have to have our ears open and we have to recognize that there's no question that what Rav Amnon Yitzchak was reading was a legitimate document from the UN. There's no question when you read some of the things that come out of the UN, they want to reorganize things. Look at look at um, the presidents in the U.S. where you you're seeing a move towards socialism, where you're look where you're seeing a move towards redistribution of wealth, where you're saying, oh, these people don't have enough. These people were were hurt, so let's give them millions of dollars because something happened to them a hundred years ago or two hundred years ago. Um, it's it's nonsensical what's happening, and most people are sheep. Most people, at the end of the day, are sheep. They live in what we call the white zone, meaning they walk around with. The, I see the tayalim. I see the tourists all the time. They're walking around like they have no clue what's going on around them. Their, their head is up in the sky. And this is the way many people live their lives today. Um, the, 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 now, there are people that look at people like you and I and think we live in a fantasy. But for us, the Torah and Hashem is not a fantasy. It's the only reality in the world. And what you're looking at around you, we call Alma de Shikra, the world of lies. It's a, the matrix. It's like the movie, The Matrix. You're looking at something that you think is real and everything you're looking at is false. It's phony. It's a matrix. You need to wake up and realize that there's a curtain that can be pulled away from your eyes, a veil that's pulled away from your eyes when you connect to the Torah, when you connect to Hashem. And certainly what you're talking about, this idea of your bodhidut, this idea of personal prayer, going to a place that's quiet, and talking to Hashem in a language that you understand, and talking to Him the way you talk, the way I'm talking to you, my my holy brother. Um, and if you don't have words, then grunt. And if you don't have a grunt, then Rabbeinu, Rabbi Nachman says, then then there's a silent scream that you scream from within yourself, Hashem. And you can and you can also pray on that. Please, Hashem, give me words to talk to you. Please, Hashem, I don't know what to talk about. Please, Hashem, teach me how to pray. Yeah. The thing is, I think, like you said before, that it's very important that the person will not be like a sponge, just like soaking and soaking information. The person needs to clarify. He needs to check. He needs to make his own investigations. It's very important. A truth seeker 
is a person who is searching for the truth. There is one truth in any situation and it's surrounded with lies. Million people will tell you lies and there's going to be one person who will be able to aim to the truth. So you need to search for him and that is it sounds like a very big mission, a gigantic operation, but the truth is that the Maker created the world in a way that it is possible to achieve even the highest and most divine truth, even though it's so rare, surrounded with billions of lies. And what is the tool that was given to us? The intention to search for the truth. When you are looking for the truth, Really, you're looking for the truth, and that's what you're really looking for, you shall find it. Hashem is close to everyone who will call him with truth. Means that when you are totally truthful, you will find the truth. But when you are still distracted, when you are still looking for some pleasure, some honor, some whatever, then you shall find what your heart desired. So the main effort and main work that the person should put in Avodat Hashem in the way that he's connecting himself to the Maker is on to be truthful. And this is something that a person knows and can easily recognize about himself. Am I truthful? Am I really looking for the truth? Those are questions that can easily be answered in yes or no. And in that Itbodadut, in the individual prayer, a person really need to check himself, to observe and to look and to, to scan himself. Where am I holding? Am I keeping the Torah mitzvot because I really do believe in that? Or I'm doing it out of social pressure? I'm doing it out of fear? I'm doing it out of habit? I'm not really doing it so much? Whatever. But the conversation with yourself will bring your mind to be saddled in a way that you will know about yourself if you are a real truth seeker or not. And when you found yourself as a truth seeker, that you are seeking only the truth, now your conclusions should be confirmed to you as the ultimate truth. Because you found yourself truthful and honest in your search. And, and that's the most important thing is that, that it's ultimate or what I like to call absolute. Because one of the problems that exists today is two things. One is that people will often say, well, that's true for you. And I look at them and I say, no, there are certain truths that are absolute. Um, the, the absolute it's a silver truth. spoon. It's a silver spoon. Right. No, it's a silver spoon for you. You cannot say it. it's a silver spoon. Exactly. So, so it's absolute truth that Hashem is creator of the world and he gave his Torah to his people in order to uh, bring the world to a, to, to a, a new world order <laughs> according to his order. Okay, and part of that is not only coming to absolute truth, but doing what you said, which is critical thinking, which is also lacking in this world today. Because the same way that people think things are relative, people have stopped critically thinking. People don't think for themselves anymore. There's so much information at your fingertips. Oh, I, I need to find this out. I oh, just ask Rabbi Google, they'll tell me. 
and then they and then it's shtuyot. They they type in something and they don't realize right. whoever's paying the most money for you to see the top four or five answers. I I I remember once when we were in the U.S. Um, I think it was in Orlando. We were looking for like kosher food in in some of the grocery stores, and um, and then we saw we saw meat. And and it and it had a kosher stamp, like a, a stamp of of kashrut. And my wife told me we need to check. Like she reminded me, we need to check. Like okay, yeah, it's written kasher, but let's check. And we googled that mark. We googled stamp of gave kashrut, and we saw their basics. Like what are they making kasher? What is kasher for them? And rabbit was one of the kosher stuff that they called like and rabbit is not kosher no no rabbits are not kosher you're not eating rabbits but for that kashrut brand rabbits are okay it's fine so you can go and search for kashrut and to find some k on that package and to think to yourself oh man i'm so lucky and find yourself finishing the evening after eating that nice rabbit it's a horrible thing. Like it's like oh, the world yeah, is so like. Um, there's, a restaurant, there's, a there's a restaurant in Florida that I'm not going to say the name because I don't want to get sued if I say it. But it's somebody's name, and then it says this person's name, kosher restaurant. It doesn't say kosher style. It says kosher. You know, it's a kosher deli, right? So people would say to me, oh, we can go to this kosher restaurant. I go, it's, I'm sorry, but it's not kosher. What do you mean? It says it's a kosher deli. And I'm like, well, look at the kashrut certificate. From in, Hebrew, in Hebrew, kosher can be, can be kosher and can also be fitness. It's also right. kosher. Right. So <laughs> this is a place that's a kosher deli that's opened on Shabbat. That's how <laughs> kosher they are. <laughs> so, so what? What was it? They have a kashrut from a rabbi. They gave them a letter and said they're kosher, and I'm overseeing it. And um, the but the, the and that was and that was the last time that they saw him. Right. So the 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 tip the the legitimate kosher um, organization is called the ORB in Florida. So if you know that if it has a teuda, you know, if it has a certificate from the ORB, you know it's kashir. But this is, so this this happens all the time. Um, so we came to that from that, that really people needs to investigate and to check. And just to say like, oh yeah, it's kosher. It's written kosher. That's not enough. You should check if it's really kosher. Right. Same thing. And not just kosher, but everything in life. Yeah, exactly what, what I wanted is to what say. What you're being told is what you're being told. On also, the, if what oh, also sure. what that you are thinking is right, like right. a person can look at himself and think to himself, "I'm so horrible. Am I really so horrible? Like, can I really say that about myself? Like, I'm I'm so depressed. Am I really so depressed? Is it the truth? Like, can I really live with that conclusion? Yeah, I'm so depressed." Maybe I'm just now a little bit broken. Maybe it's even just because I'm very tired or I didn't eat good enough today. Like maybe something just like happened. It reminded me of something. And like now I feel a little bit lonely. Now I feel a little bit sad. But like it doesn't mean that I'm like so depressed. So a person should really search for the real truth and to find the real deep truth within him.
and then all his thoughts and all his logic and all his prayers will be answered and will be find, uh, found and be confirmed as, as, as ultimate uh, And thank you so much for this uh, wonderful conversation. Even though always we are not, uh, we're not able to cover no topic, we're barely scratching from the, from the outskirts of, of each. But um, at least we're we're shaking some uh, some branches. Hopefully, some fruits will fall from those trees. So tell us what's going on here. With uh... so it's um it's Boch Hashem. It's a very nice um, blooming time in the land of Israel, and also for the Amuna project. We just launched a very nice course on the individual prayer on Hid Bodedut, and you can search it on our great website, emuna.com, uh, look for our courses. It's an amazing, amazing dive into the depths of the individual prayer. It's, um, it's very deep. It's wonderful. It's like to walk hand in hand with me into your soul and really to find the tools and the, and the, the ways to, to uncover your true potential and to use the great treasures of your soul and spirit, nefesh roch and neshama, and to, to learn how to communicate and to tie and connect and bond yourself to the maker of the universe with that great power of prayer. So search for the new course uh, on our website, and of course you can enjoy the rest of the content and, uh, and books and everything that we, the classes that we have over there. It's always a pleasure, and we can talk all night, um, but we have our time limits, and we have our obligations, so um, everybody will have to wait until next week when we decide what the next controversial topic is going to be every Tuesday here at uh, 10 p.m. Israel time. I think now six hours. I think they changed the clock, so it's probably like uh, they changed in the U.S. So for us, yes, they're yes. gonna change in like I think in almost two weeks. In two weeks, yeah. Anyway, thank you so much. Thank you, Aki. Thank you, everyone. May Hashem bless the world. Amen. Thank you. Amen.